please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Sometimes I feel like I can't get enough of saying that. And after all, that is what we come to hear when we come to worship on Easter Sunday. When we revisit the old story, which we have heard before. We arrive at Easter and we hear again the news of the empty tomb. We hear again the proclamation of faith. Christ is risen indeed. The message is familiar. We come expecting and wanting to hear it again. But what does it mean? We come and we retell the story of that first day of the week after the Sabbath, the story of that visit to the tomb where Jesus had been laid. We tell the story of the word spoken. In Matthew's version, it is by an angel. He is not here, for he has been raised. We tell the story tinged with fear and great joy, the story of the empty tomb and the risen Savior. And in telling the story, we are proclaiming what we believe to be true. In telling the story, we assert that Christ is present and alive today. And we assert that Jesus Christ is Lord, which means that our best understanding of God comes from what has been revealed in Jesus Christ. Hear the good news of resurrection. Jesus Christ is present and alive today. How can this not be true when still today so many of us are drawn to follow? How can this not be true when we are so captivated by the life and ministry of this man who lived so long ago? How can this not be true when still today the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ give us hope for our own lives? There is so much vibrant life here in the ongoing experience of the living Christ. Christ is risen indeed. Some of us come to our faith having heard the story of the risen Christ as very young children, having heard it from our parents or our grandparents or our Sunday school teachers. But to me, part of the evidence of Christ's vibrant life today is that the good news of Christ's living presence captivates even the most unlikely believers. There are few things I love more than a good paradox, and there is no more paradoxical story than the story of Anne Lamott's passionate faith in Jesus. She tells her story in her book, Traveling Mercies. Anne Lamott's intellectual progressive credentials are as good as anyone's. She was raised by her parents to believe you had a moral obligation to try to save the world. She was raised to believe that you register people to vote. You march in rallies, you attend vigils, pick up litter, work for civil rights. Her father despised Christianity after his own painful Christian upbringing. 
No one in her family believed in God, and no one in her family's circle of friends believed. They were liberal, educated, sophisticated, cultured. To them, believing meant you were stupid. Ignorant people believed. She says, we were raised to believe in books and music and nature. Yet somehow, from an early age, Anne Lamott bowed her head in bed and prayed because she believed in someone listening, someone who heard. She didn't even understand how this came to be that she would believe. She just knows that she always believed and that she did not tell a soul. She believed in someone, but not Jesus. Anne Lamott's life was thoroughly a mess through her teens and through her 20s. I won't go into much detail, but much of the mess came from drinking and drugs. When she was 25, her father, who she adored, died of cancer, and the grief only intensified the ways she was spiraling out of control. She felt like she was breaking apart on the inside. She used to go hungover to a Sunday morning flea market. There was a little church near the flea market, and she could hear the sound of the singing coming out through the church doors. She started going inside. She always left before the sermon. She loved singing, even singing about Jesus, but she did not want to be preached at about him. Jesus made about as much sense to her as Scientology or dousing. In the mess that her life continued to be, Lamotte finds herself alone one night in the little houseboat where she lived, and she's bleeding. Finally, the blood stopped. She got in bed, shaky and sad, and too wild to have another drink or take a sleeping pill. She had a cigarette and turned off the light. And after a while, as she lay there, she felt someone with her, hunkered down in the corner, she assumed it was her father whose presence she had felt at times when she was lonely or afraid. The feeling was so strong that she turned on a light and looked to make sure no one was there. After a while, there in the dark, she knew beyond any doubt that it was Jesus. She says she felt Jesus as surely as she still feels her dog beside her when she sits to write. And she was appalled. She thought about her life and her brilliant, hilarious, progressive friends. She thought about what people would think about her if she became a Christian. It seemed to her an utterly impossible thing that simply could not be allowed to happen. Lying there in bed that night, she turned to the wall and said out loud, I would rather die. After that, Everywhere she went, she had this feeling as if a little cat were following her, wanting her to open the door and let it in. But she knew what would happen. You let a cat in one time, give it a little milk, and then it stays forever. So she tried to keep one step ahead of it, slamming her houseboat door when she came or went. A week later, she went back to the church, so hungover that she couldn't stand up for the songs. This time she stayed for the sermon, which she just thought was ridiculous. But the last song 
was so deep and raw and pure that it held her there. It was as if the people were singing even between the notes, weeping and joyful at the same time, and she felt like their voices or something was holding her, was rocking her like a scared child. And she opened up to that feeling, and it washed over her, and she cried. She left before the benediction and raced home and felt the little cat running along at her heels. She walked down the dock and opened the door to her houseboat and stood there for a moment, and then hung her head and thought to herself, fine, I quit. She took a long breath and said out loud, all right, you can come in. She calls this her conversion experience, this moment of letting Jesus in. Jesus is so alive in Anne Lamott's life and in so many of our lives. Even across centuries, we continue to experience Jesus Christ as a living reality, long after the historical period in which Jesus of Nazareth lived. Christ is risen indeed. But when we gather on Easter Sunday, or any time we proclaim Christ is risen, we are saying much more than just that Jesus seems or feels alive to us. More than that, we are saying that the living Christ reveals God to us, that Christ is an expression of God's own nature and work. We know God as a God consistent with the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus Christ. We know the God revealed in Jesus Christ as a God who intimately is present with humanity, a God who enters into our lives and our suffering. We know the God who is revealed in Jesus Christ as a God who offers healing for the brokenness of our lives and our world. We know the God revealed in Jesus Christ as a God of boundless compassion, with a particular heart for the poor and the outcast and the hurting. We know the God revealed in Jesus Christ as a God whose love and whose vision for our lives and our world runs counter to the status quo. We know the God revealed in Jesus Christ as a God who offers endless forgiveness and reconciliation. It is the scripture we heard this morning, Matthew's particular version of the resurrection, that comes that where the risen Christ tells his disciples that they are brothers. Jesus meets the women as they are on their way to go tell the good news, and Jesus says, Go and tell my brothers. Brothers? These are the ones who fell asleep when Jesus begged them to stay awake with him. These are the ones who slipped away from his side when he was crucified. These are the ones who let Jesus down in his most painful moments. And he calls them brothers? Of course he does. Because this is the nature of the God who is revealed in Jesus Christ— a God of forgiveness and reconciliation. Because like the disciples, Jesus calls us brothers, sisters, friends. No matter how often 
we might deny or betray or disappoint or neglect or forget Jesus. This is how we understand God, an understanding conveyed to us through Jesus Christ. Christ lives on in our own real experience, but even more than that, Christ points the way to a particular understanding of the God we place our faith in. When we proclaim Christ is risen, we are saying so much more than just that Jesus seems or feels alive to us. More than that, we are saying that Christ reveals God to us, that Christ is an expression of God's own nature and work. So we worship on Easter Sunday, and we make these bold assertions of our faith. But to worship or to proclaim our faith is not all that is asked of us. One detail of Matthew's version of the resurrection events stood out to me. The women go to the tomb. They see the empty tomb and they hear the words from the angel saying, he is not here, he has been raised. The angel tells them, go quickly, go and tell his disciples. They do exactly that. They go quickly, they run to tell the disciples. And while they are on their way, Jesus comes to them, is present with them, and offers words of reassurance. Do not be afraid. The women are already on their way. They were headed out to fulfill the mission that had been entrusted to them. Go and tell his disciples. And that's how it is for us, too. We head out to fulfill the mission and ministries that have been entrusted to us. We do our best to bring compassion and healing and justice to the world around us. And when we are engaged in the ministries entrusted to us, then Christ shows up. Christ is present with us and reassures us in the face of the challenges of this faithful living. Do not be afraid. Christ is risen indeed. Christ is vibrantly present and alive in our world today. Christ shows us the nature and vision of the God we place our faith in. And Christ shows up in our midst as we go about the ministries of compassion and justice that have been entrusted to us. Alleluia and amen.